Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show on the ProVision Brokerage Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? And this is one guy that could beat me up, and I'm <laughs> 6'10", and I would not want to see him in a wrestling ring and try to stretch him. I would be done, and it would be over in seconds. Uh, you know, it could be one of the, it would be a joke fight to tell the, to say the least. Maybe we could do it for charity, but no way would I mess with this man. So go ahead and introduce our guest. So today we have, uh, you know, former USC middleweight champion, uh, fighter of the decade in the nineties by wrestling observer and uh, fighter of the year many times, Frank Shamrock. And we're going to talk about his past, his present, the, the full story and, and get into all the nitty gritty, dirty details and just have a blast. So Frank, so glad to, to have you with us today. All right on. Nice to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so tell me, you know, one thing that, that, that's very intriguing to a lot of people is, is your background, right? So, so you were, you were adopted, you came into a family and then you, you get into MMA. So tell us, tell us about kind of your background and, and childhood and, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I actually grew up with my real family, my regular family, okay. uh, until I was uh, 11 years old. Oh, wow. And then uh, when I was 11 years old, I became a ward of the state of California. Okay. Which um, when I was 10, I threw rocks at a train. And throwing rocks at a train is a felony. It's got 219 in the state of California. So when I was 11, I went to juvenile hall. Wow. And it was the first time that uh, I lived in a very closed-knit family, a very private family. Uh, it was the very first time I left my home, spent the night somewhere. And um, I realized I was living in this home of abuse, this home of dysfunction. And I went and saw the counselors. I told them my story. And they gave me this very wise advice that if I continued to commit crimes, they were going to take me from my childhood home. And wow. so I, at 11, thought that was, uh, you know, great mentorship and I <laughs> doubled down on crime until they took me from my home and then um, that's how my kind of life began like I started when I was 11 really living on the streets living in institutions and um, that progressed until I was 13 and I met uh, Bob Shamrock at the Shamrock Boys Ranch and Bob had a uh, um, he had the last stop before you went to youth prison okay. so I had uh, yeah, I'd masked on felonies, and I, apparently I was a bad criminal because I kept getting caught. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they, uh, yes, I met Bob, and Bob was the first, you know, father figure, mentor, real leader that I ever had that didn't yeah. have any, you know, issues, stuck by his word. And he taught me how to be a man. He taught, you know, thousands of boys how to be, you know, good men. Yeah. And uh, I, even though I continued messing up my life and, and uh, being wow. a knucklehead, um, he just was always there to mentor me and guide me. and. Uh, you know, I operate a charity today in his name, and he just made the, the greatest impression on me as a human being. But um, yeah, I mean, I had a rough start and then uh, found cage fighting, which <laughs> at the time was uh, called No Holds Barred, it wasn't mixed yeah. martial art at the time. So, uh, you know, I found the thing that I really like to do, which was compete, study. I'm kind of a nerd and, um, you know, have a group around me, have a team around me. And mixed martial arts, you know, gave me that opportunity. Uh, the sport was very young, and I had all the uh, had all the opportunity in the world to become successful, and I went for it. And that uh, that's yeah. Great. Fast forward, you know, many world records and <laughs> fighting league. I you know I did all kinds of stuff um, as a pioneer of, of mixed martial arts. But it was really Bob Shamrock's guidance and athletics 
that brought me through all that to, you know, to where I am today. So Frank, kind of looking at that journey and that process at 11 years old, when you were, you know, just basically a juvenile delinquent that was getting in trouble, did you ever think in your wildest dreams you'd become where you are today before meeting the Shamrock? And all that, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and, and, you know, I mentor a lot of youth. I speak at a lot of schools yeah. and, you know, it's just having that guidance, having a mentor, having a, a community, having a family. And even if it's not your family, having a surrogate family or adopted family, or even just people, coaches, you know, that are there to help guide you. They give you good words, you know, give you good advice. And all my advice came from people on the streets. And so that wasn't good advice. <laughs> and it didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't sound advice. All, yeah. A lot of my clients, they, they laugh at me because, um, you know, one of the rules is in our business is that you don't break the law. You know, it doesn't matter what we do. It's like, we don't break the law. It's like, we don't do that. Tried that, didn't work out. Then they always tell me, like, you were the worst criminal I've ever met because you just got caught for everything you did. Like, yeah, yeah. That's Join the rocks to the train, you know? <laughs> yeah, who knew, right? Who but knew? you know, that, that train took you, that train took you to Shamrock's place. So, um, yeah. and it did change your life, right? Amen. So, so how, you know, obviously he was a major mentor. Now, <laughs> So, so given it, it was the it was Shamrock Ranch, is that what you called it? Shamrock Boys Ranch, yeah. Shamrock Boys Ranch. So, so how many, how many, how many brothers do you have now? Well, uh, I've got about uh, a little over two thousand. Yeah, a little over two thousand who went through the ranch. You know, it's a very special experience because there was, you know, twenty boys living in one house with a father, and you know, we had kind of surrogate grandparents, and it was very much like um like a family unit. It was the first time I'd, you know, really been a part of, of, you know, a large family. I had, I grew up with four, four siblings and, you know, we had that great sibling thing going on. And, but as I matured, like this was the first time where, you know, real consequences, real things, you know, you had to get up at a certain time. Like it was a, uh, it was a fantastic family unit, but I have at least 2000 brothers and then one that was adopted. Uh, Bob only ab adopted two of us. Wow. So my brother Ken and I, and, um, you know, but he always, uh, I, I ended up um, leaving the home when I was 15 and a half and then being placed in other institutions and eventually going on to prison when I was 17. But Bob never stopped teaching and never stopped writing. You know, he would send yeah. me books when I was in prison and, and he'd always tell me if you build your mind, body and spirit, when, you know, when you're ready on this journey, something will present itself. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I just kept, kept training and kept doing yeah. my thing. And he kept teaching me about bodybuilding and fitness and nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, and then mixed martial arts came along. And I just happened to be of the right mind and ready to step, you know, stop being a criminal and, and apply myself to something. Right. Wow. Moving forward just a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, the sport, the sport didn't even exist when he was giving me this yeah. advice, but it, you know, it was very, very sound advice. I can't imagine uh, to think about, you know, when you were in prison, he talked about being on the streets, but then ended up in prison after Bob Shamrock gave you that opportunity. So it's a second chance. What do you oh, say yeah. to people for second chances? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. Yeah, you, would you give people second chances like you, like Bob gave you? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a three strikes and you're out guy. So you get <laughs> screw up is fine. Second chance. You're good. Third chance. I'm like, listen, man, <laughs> This is, this is how it goes. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, everyone deserves a second chance because really it's through failure or it's through messing up that you learn stuff. And they don't have to be as grand as mine or as ridiculous as mine. But, you know, if you don't try, you won't fail. If you don't fail, you won't, you know, that, that's how you move forward through these things. Um, you know, I just didn't have good advice. People living on the streets do not give good advice. They don't have sound business practices. They don't have, you know, solid communities. Um, once I got that, you know, once I sat in prison by myself, you know, I was in there for three and a half years. Wow. Wow. So I spent 18, 19, 20, and 21 all in prison. And it was really those years where I had nothing to do but read, study, contemplate. You know, I went to college, you know, I prayed every day, but it was through that, you know, getting in touch with myself and having some awareness for the first time, um, you know, that I realized everybody on the yard was someone I was hanging out with on the outside. Yeah. Everybody I saw in youth prison was an adult prison. And so I was like, I have to change my mind. I have to change what I'm doing or I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And that's not, that's not what I wanted to do. Right. So, so what you're saying is you've always been an overachiever. Uh, you're just <laughs> pointed in the wrong direction at first. Totally. <laughs> uh, so, so was Bob, was Bob a wrestler or, or, kind of mixed martial arts fighter or grappler or did you get that training from him or where did that come from? No, I got that from my brother, Ken. Okay. Ken was a, a very accomplished collegiate wrestler. Mm -hmm. um, went on the Olympic trials to wrestle. He was a fantastic athlete. Um, and, he, and then he went into professional wrestling. And there was a time when professional wrestling in Japan and real fighting were sort of merging together. Yeah. And it was during that time that, you know, I just, I came along at the right time where people were tired of the professional wrestling and they wanted to see real fighting, but you couldn't real fight at the time because it was too dangerous. So there was this unique time where Pancrase uh, came along, but Bob was always into bodybuilding. Uh -huh. So his philosophy was just build your body, just keep yeah. building your body, build your mind, build your body, build your spirit, and then be ready. You know, the whole ready thing was, was what he'd talk about. And yeah, I mean, it all came true, you know. But he, yeah, I don't think he ever wrestled in his life. And I don't think he ever played sports. But he, um, you know, he grew up here in Los Angeles. And his father owned a textile business in downtown L.A. And so he, you know, spent his youth, you know, stepping over the homeless in L.A. And seeing this sort of fabric of society. And it really inspired him to help people. And when he dug into his, you know, heart, he's like, I want to help kids. I want to help youth. And you know, I'm the byproduct of that. No. So, so why you, you know, out of 2000 boys, yeah. you, and, you and Kim, Ken. So I, I like to think we were the most messed up. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, wow, I need to do some extra here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, and that's a joke, but there's some truth to that. You know, both, both Ken and I have this same, you know, vulnerability about us. You know, we're super athletes, we're very smart, we're very strong, we're very tough. But there's also this, you know, this kind of childlike vulnerability because, you know, really tough things happened to us when we were young. Yeah. And, you know, you can, you know, animals and babies like me, like they just love me. And there's something in that energy that I think, you know, attracted Bob. He couldn't have his own kids. And so they made a decision. Him and his wife were like, well, we're not going to have kids. We're going to have boys and we'll let the boys go when we're done. And so I think there was a time in his life when he's like, you know, I don't want these boys to go. I want to keep that, you know, that feeling going. I want to keep helping and, and I want to expand my family. So he, I think he made a decision that changed our lives. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I'm just, 
every day blessed to have his name and then more importantly to have the teachings he gave me because that's what I teach my daughter that's what I speak about at the middle schools like you know those same exact stories and principles that he gave me I'm just passing them along now thinking about Ken and Ken went the professional wrestling route while you went the more MMA route kind of give us that history kind of thing for people to understand he trained you to become a fighter but then Ken went on to professional wrestling so you were before him in UFC right is that correct no it's the opposite so he was an amazing collegiate wrestler and then went on the Olympic trials didn't make the team but did very well and then um, he pursued a career in professional wrestling and that was throughout the South. It used to be uh, Vince Shoulders Torelli. He was the Italian stallion. And they would go <laughs> and wrestle because uh, they were both huge fans of wrestling. Oh, so yeah. he actually started in this professional wrestling world. Well, on that journey, he met a guy who was a real shooter, who was a submission guy. Mm-hmm. That guy had been trained, Dean Malenko. Okay. He had been trained by the guys in Japan who yeah. did submissions and all that mm-hmm. stuff for real. You know, when you watch yeah. professional wrestling, the, the holds aren't real. Yeah, right. unless we're shooting, unless we're yeah, shooting, right. which I did. Or, or, or unless you're the younger brother. Right, yeah. That's <laughs> your butt handed to you at home. Those moves are real. <laughs> yeah, but, for, you know, for the most part, you know, so there's really, th- th- there's two separate worlds. And once he met Dean Malenko, because Ken was a real street fighter. You know, unlike me, I never, I never fought on the streets. I was too smart. You know, I avoided it. I ran away. But he was a real, you know, knuckle up and, and fight guy. Yeah. And once he found this shoot style, once he found this, you know, real holds, he fell in love with that idea because mm-hmm. that was his thing. He was a real tough guy. Right. Oh, yeah. And so he followed Dean to Japan and then he began training in this new style, which became Pancrase. And that was real submission fighting. And that's, and then I came along, you know, just after that time. Yeah. And so he was the first fighter in the, uh, he was, geez, him and Hoist were in the first UFC. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so he definitely paved the way. And then once I came along, um, just before he went to WWE, I came along into mixed martial arts and before I was in Pancrase. So I really followed him. And then he came back into MMA years later after a good WWE run. So he's really, you know, gone back and forth in all the sports, played football. You know, he had to walk onto the Chargers. Like that's how good of an athlete uh, he was. And during that time, I was a young man. I was a punching bag. I didn't know how to fight. You know, I was just a tough guy from prison. And <laughs> he didn't really like me. So he would just beat the crap out of me every day. You know, he'd like, beat me up and I'd clean the mats. And, you know, that's how I, I slowly figured it all out was yeah. I was a punching bag. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> the little brother. The little brother syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You it's know, my, my brother, he's just hold they would beat the living crap out of me. Mainly, uh, you know, my, my oldest brother's nine years, but, but the next one's like seven. And he would beat the crap out of me, beat me until, or, or he'd tickle me till I peed myself. And I remember about four years old, somebody brought this up the other day. And uh, I was like, why do you beat me up? You know, I'm crying and I'm probably covered in pee. And I'm just, I'm like, why do you do that? And he was like, because I love you. <laughs> and, and my response was, you know, as a four-year-old, I was like, stop loving me so much. <laughs> That's real That's brotherly different. love. Yeah. Because yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you beat me up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, 
you know, so you've had, you've had, uh, so your brother mentored you, Bob, obviously, you know, so his was mental, physical, spiritual, uh, just overall be the best you, you can be right. Um, yeah. Who, who are some of your other key mentors that, that brought you along the path, maybe in wrestling or in, in, in MMA, but then outside of it, kind of who are some of the people that have really influenced your life? For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I break my life into buckets. Yeah. And, and so I got the family bucket and that's like this, you know, over here. And then I had the fighting and professional bucket. And, you know, I got this formula that I, it just kind of dawned on me one day, this plus equals minus. Yeah. And I use it for everything. It's how I identify mentors. Um, I realized I was a terrible striker and I was terribly afraid of getting hit. And so I just happened to run into Maurice Smith, who at the time was a kickboxing champion, gone undefeated for like 12 years, really wrapped up the entire American kickboxing scene. So he became um, one of my mentors, you know, because I needed his information. Um, and then ironically, years later, I became his teacher in the grappling style. So we, we shifted roles. He's still one of my absolute best friends. Um, and then for uh, wrestling, it was Eric Deuce, who was mm -hmm. a Stanford wrestler. Um, and he helped me beat Kevin Jackson, the Olympic gold medalist in 14 seconds and set that Guinness world record, which hangs on my wall right here. Yeah. I mean, um, who, who's counting, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> I rotate them out. I rotate yeah. them out. So it, it doesn't become overwhelming. Um, but no, there was a time where I was the highest paid athlete per second because I'd won, you know, back to back championships in less than a minute. Um, yeah. but it, for me, um, you know, those were in the fighting world. Um, Ken was my first real mentor when it came to martial arts. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once I became really good at fighting, I realized I didn't know what to do with the money, with the, you know, with the brand, with all the stuff that I wanted to create. So I found mentors in business. And the biggest one I've found is still my mentor and, and teacher today and, and my lawyer is, uh, was Henry Holmes. Mm -hmm. And Henry Holmes was a pioneer in, well, gosh, he was a civil rights lawyer. Like he's had such a storied career. But when he found sports entertainment and when he found, um, you know, athletes, he realized that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to represent athletes and he wanted to help them monetize, help them create, you know, a legacy in, in finance. And then, you know, he also realized the limitations to the system. So he actually did the George Foreman grill deal, okay. which wow. netted about $200 million yeah. on payout. Um, you know, he, he represented all of the big sports stars, uh, back in the day. So he became my mentor on the business side because I didn't, I didn't know what to do with all that I'd created. Um, but yeah, I, for me, uh, to go back to the plus equals minus, I always find my plus, the guy who's got the info I need or the girl or the team or the whatever. And, you know, I humble myself, I show up, I make myself available, I pitch yeah. my story and, um, you know, I ask for their guidance. I ask for their help. And then um, I find my equals, whoever's doing what I'm doing, whoever's, mm -hmm. you know, pulling the same rope and I see what they're doing. I find out how they're doing it. You know, I see if I can do it better, how I can yeah. compete with wow. them. And then, um, and then the minus, and that's somebody that like I was who needed the information. So I always seem to attract somebody who's, you know, the guy I was 10 years ago and I pass that information on. And through that, you know, three role process, I've been able to, really accomplished anything I've ever set my mind to, um, including film producing and <laughs> you know, yeah. fighting and business. Oh, and, wow. 
and uh, relationships. And so it's just this incredibly valuable mindset um, that keeps me humble because I, I find somebody who's got what I want and I'm like, well, here I go and I show up. And sometimes I'm sweeping mats and sometimes I'm carrying chairs and sometimes I'm donating money. But, you know, either way, I find a way to access, you know, my plus and then I find a way to compete and then I find a way to give it away. It's interesting, Frank. We had uh, Kevin Harrington on our show last week, and Kevin talked about mentorship and his new books out involving mentorship, and uh, with a co-author that's a Zig Ziglar uh, mentor. So it sounds like a lot of your playbook, the way you learn as an entrepreneur, is to learn figure areas that you have weaknesses or need to learn, and you are like a sponge trying to learn from them. It sounds like totally. And I learned it through martial arts because if I didn't, you know, someone would beat me up or I wouldn't be able to compete or I, you know, I'd get choked out. Uh, but yeah, that, that whole mindset. And that, that's what I love about the martial arts approach and sort of the martial concept of life. You know, if you show up, if you're a warrior, if you show up and you're a student, if you show up and you're a teacher, you know, the amount of stuff you can learn, the things that you can do are just, you know, extraordinary. And this is what I tell my friends and my clients. I was like, you know, when they want to do something, I'm like, well, that's easy. Let's find the guy who did it or who's doing it. Or, you know, let's find out your plus and let's go show up. And that's yeah. usually where, where it all starts. Absolutely. Well, and you know, you've got a, a very accelerated learning path when somebody's kicking you in the face, <laughs> yeah. like you learn quicker. Uh, you do. you yeah, don't want to be a slow learner urgency. in that pattern. <laughs> Definitely puts an urgency on it. <laughs> So, so what do you do today? Like, how, how, are, how are you giving back? Um, well, I operate uh, the charity I mentioned earlier. It's called the Shamrock Way. And for that, we really focus on at-risk communities. Um, our core group is 12 to 17, just like I was. Yeah. You know, kids that are, you know, getting in trouble. Um, and our end goal is to reopen the Shamrock Boys Ranch. Yeah. And, you know, those places just don't exist anymore. So, uh, you know, we're slowly merging that into something that's going to be, you know, really impactful and viable in, in this current state and this society. Uh, in the meantime, we focus on um, after school programs, education programs. Um, and then we do, um, we do programs for battered women, including housing. And that's like something that came out. We do a program for homeless veterans. And then each and then we do digital media. That's mm -hmm. the other fun we've done. The last movie we did uh, was about Mauro Ranallo, the sports broadcaster. But it's really an educational film about bipolar disorder. And so you can find that at bipolarmovie.org. And it's become the de facto educational movie for bipolar disorder, which is a rarely, you know, mis yeah. which is a very misunderstood mental health disorder. Um, and it's slowly gaining press because of Kanye and other artists are finally starting to talk about it. Right. But Mora was one of the first ones to really show what it does and how you live with it. And I was very proud in creating that, that we were able to create um, not only education, but a care modules for it. Yes. If you see the film, you see the, you see the talk therapy, you see the social care, you see the self-care and the exercise and the mindfulness and all the things necessary for every human, you mm -hmm. know, to live their fullest life. Um, if you have bipolar disorder, it's necessary just to live. Right. And so through the digital media, we've made a lot of impact through our charity. Um, and then my funnest one, because everybody's volunteer and everybody's from all over the world that volunteers for our charity, is we do a home build each year. 
And so we go into a community where they need a home or a home burnt down or broke, like whatever. Yeah. And we go fix it. We bring the whole team in and we rebuild uh, a home or fix a home or give a home. And then we gift that back to the family. Wow. It's literally the most powerful experience. I took my daughter uh, when she was nine and she was just blown away. Like her, you know, the ability to do that. And all through volunteers, all through social media, all through just reaching out, sharing these messages, and then gathering people up and providing, you know, the opportunity. Yeah. That's great to know, especially giving the home away. We know another organization that doesn't give it away. They have to, you have to buy it. And I've been involved in that organization. <laughs> so, but I really worked my butt off the volunteering that day, uh, building, helping build a home. It's such a great feeling to, with home ownership to be that volunteer and to work side by side with other people that might be in the same industry or something that can finally relate as a team. And that's such a powerful thing, isn't it? To really, when you have that volunteer group together to help each other, right? That, that makes the activity even great, not just for the person getting the gift, but also the people helping. Right, Frank? Hello? Frank? Did you hear me? No. He cut out. Are you, do you hear me, Eric? Yeah, but, but not just, not right. just as, the, as the person you know, receiving, right? As Neil was saying, you know, the, the person receiving gets a huge gift, oh. but just being part of the team giving, it's like a better gift, right? Yeah. And it's not just for you when you're, when you're sharing it with the community, uh, that makes it even better because I, and I'm sure, you know, I'd love you to tell you, but you know, how does that impact your relationship? How did that impact your relationship with your daughter? It was, I mean, honestly, one of the most powerful things ever. You know, yeah. we just, these are strangers. You know, we, we email, we voicemail, we do all these different things, but we've never really hung out. Yeah. You know? And it's all these different, and what's unique about it, it's all these different communities that we've gone in and helped. And so it really is passing it along because, you know, we go and we help a community, you know, we take a group of women, we put them in, you know, a, a women's program and they learn self-defense and then all of a sudden right. they feel better. So they're like, well, we're going to build a home. And then, you know, that's really our, our candy moment is where everyone comes together from all these different, you know, missions, yeah. basically. And then we, you know, and it's just the most bonding, powerful experience. But handing over that keys, those keys, like I'm just sobbing. Right? I'm like, ah, I'm like a baby. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, I took my son um, one year, my daughter the next year. And just, you know, my son who owns a construction business, he's a big burly man. You know, he was running the show and telling me what to do. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, you know, he knows more than I do about this because yeah. he runs a business. Yeah. And so I just, whatever he told me, I was like, yes, sir. And I'm carrying buckets. And, you know, it was so powerful to have these role reversals and to just give so much. And then to see the, the you know, the, the one boy uh, who was the son of the family had never slept in a bed. Wow. He'd never slept in, he'd never owned a bed in his life. And, and he's all stoic because he's a little man of the house because dad's away working and, you know, we're giving the house away. We're doing the internal tour and he's, you know, hard job, not a tear in his face. The minute he saw his bed, yeah. he just started sobbing uncontrolled because he's never had a bed in his life. Yeah. And he's trying to explain to us in Spanish. We're like, oh no, what'd we do? And he's like, he's never had a bed. This is his first bed. It's just you so cared. Yeah. That's what you did. You cared. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. So, you know, as, as you're looking, you know, as you're looking around, you know, a huge part of your life, especially as I'm seeing it from a, from an outsider is, is mentoring. I mean, you were clearly headed down one road and, and you were habitually headed down that road by the sounds of it. Uh, and then, you know, people come into your life at the right time. Um, you know, as I've seen, and I'm sure you could, you could tell further, it's not always the person you expect to be the one that shows up. Uh, but I know in my life, you know, at, at the, at the darkest moments, uh, the Lord just always seems to bring in the right person. Um, and it's not necessarily who you expect, but it's exactly on time and it's the right thing. And, and that's what I'm seeing of, of you guys of just, you know, a boy that's never had a bed before and wasn't expecting that. And, uh, you just be able to give that, how does that, how does that impact, you know, your, your whole life, your, your business, uh, your relationships, well, it, it, it's what fuels it, yeah. in reality, because, you know, I, I, I mean, I've honestly accomplished using that, you know, plus equals minus formula, everything I've ever wanted in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, when I first started speaking, I was telling people the truth. I was like, I've done everything I wanted to do. And like, now yeah. I just want to, you know, like some stranger stop and help me and gave me all this, you know, and all, all it was, was follow this rule, be a nice man, you know, be kind to people. And you know, it was a basic set of rules and, you know, Christian values and concepts that he believed in yeah. enough to share with me. And so now that I can, you know, I have the resources, I have the time, you know, it's, it's all that I want to do, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm blessed to spend, you know, 50% of my time, you know, giving it away and, yeah. and working in, in charity. Um, but I find now all my business relationships are coming from that world mm -hmm. and people that, you know, normally wouldn't, ever build a home or even care you know are just like what do you mean you're building a home they're like of course we're gonna go you know because we're doing another business together and then once we're there and we're having this moment you know they're inspired by it right um, you know also work in television production which is a ruthless <laughs> cutthroat you know by the penny world um and most of it's smoke and mirrors mm -hmm. uh, you know through the process of this last film and and the next project that we're doing it's like you know, we're telling stories that are changing people's lives and giving people tools to sort of take, you know, step up to the next level. And, you know, once you go through that experience, it's hard to go back and make a music video, you know, or make something of, you know, where you're like, wow, this is not doing much, but putting a few dollars in my pocket. So yeah. I, I just love the transformation. And, you know, to, if, if you would have asked me, you know, 10 years ago, when I was owning my league and, you know, a champion and had all these accolades, you know, that I would be carrying buckets for my son to build a house, you know, I'd have laughed at you. Yeah. But, you know, this is what God does. Like, I've, you know, I've never felt, you know, so complete as a human being when I'm focusing on my mind, body, and spirit. And part of that focus yeah. is giving away, you know, challenging yourself, learning things, you know, be, having your spirit open, um, I don't speak Spanish, so <laughs> you know I look Spanish. I'm right <laughs> in there. But, you know, I I thought we had done something wrong to that young boy, and I was yeah. all worried about it. And I was like, oh no, you know, uh, I'm the big boss. Let me let me fix this. And then when I understood what it was, I was like, whoa, yeah, you know, I was just you know overwhelmed with with everything that we were able to do, you know, just as a group. So looking at it, you talked about the charity side. 
but you bring God into your life when it comes to your business, your, the, your professional business. Explain how you do that. Sure. Well, I believe, like I said, we don't do anything illegal. <laughs> I learned that lesson. You know, I believe that, um, you know, if you're authentic, if you do good, if you, if you, if you present yourself good, this is how I've attracted all these mentors and supporters and is I truly believe in this. So yeah. I show up and I, Hey, here's what I believe in. Here's my authentic self. And some people don't like it, but the majority of people have the same feeling in their heart. Mm -hmm. The majority of people, they're not mean people. They don't want to hurt people. They don't want to steal. Right. They don't want to do things wrong. They right. want to do good things and help other people. And so just leading with that. And, um, you know, that's been one of my biggest successes. We talked about that fragile, you know, little boy earlier. I'd show up and I, hey, here, here's who I am. And here's what I'm planning to do. Uh, when I first met Henry Holmes, I told him my story. And he just leaned back as my mentor from earlier, my lawyer. And he just leaned back and he's like, that's a lot to accomplish. And then he just waited a beat, 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 beat. All right. Well, if you're going to do that, here's what we need to do. And he just launched into the, here's what you would do to do that. Right. And, and, you know, but it was my passion and my belief in what I could accomplish or what I believed, you know, I was going to accomplish and what my goals were that he's like, that's not impossible. So here's how we would, we would go about that. But yeah, I mean, for me, being spiritual, you know, it's not about going to church. You know, it's not about, it's not about, you know, the works that I do, but it's about connecting to the other human beings in this world yeah. and how we can work together and what we can do together and, and the love and the, you know, the energy that we can share together because, yeah. you know, you put two people together, it multiplies. And you put more and it just continues to multiply until that number is, you know, thousands and 2000 and, you know, and it's very powerful. Well, and it's also, you know, the, the, the key of a good leader is someone that doesn't always have to be in front, right? The fact that, the fact that, you know, your son, you were his plus most of his life. And then as you're building the house, he becomes your plus and, and, and submitting to, to his, area of expertise and leadership and and building into him I, I i'm sure that had you know yeah you're busy that day but i'm sure whether it was stated or not it had an impact on your son for for him to be able to make the call and you just jump at it and you're like no because because this is where this is your gift right and as we build into people sometimes sometimes we do it verbally but sometimes we just do it by our actions and, and more often than that, that's, that's more important, right? Um, how, how is your, um, you know, how, what are some of the key things that you teach your children or some of the major lessons, like the, the plus equals minus? You know, are there some other things that you took away from Bob that, that you really uh, try to invest in your children and, and teach them the same things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Bob always said, speak the truth, uh -huh. uh, show up and be ready. So that means do the work, be prepared. You want to be a singer, you need to sing every day. You want to be a fighter, you train every day. Mm -hmm. And so those were, you know, uh, very simple things he taught. Um, you had to be up on time at 7.30 or whenever your, your time was, because you had to be ready. Yeah. And the way he enforced that was if you didn't get up, 
he would throw a big jug of ice water on you. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. dad did the same thing. Yeah, it was like a game because you'd get up, you know, one minute late and he'd already know. And so you'd be sneaking off in the shower. Didn't matter where you were, he would catch you with it. Uh-oh. But what it taught me was, wow, there's, if you really want something, you come, like you get prepared. You get up on time, you do the thing. And, and I still, you know, jump out of bed to this day and just rush into life because I'm like, okay, well, let's, we're, here, here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, Bob taught me always have faith, you know, faith, faith and belief in what you, what you believe in, you know, mm-hmm. so if you're going to say something, you know, put your faith in it and believe in it and then just do it. And that was one of the biggest things I took from Bob. And then, um, you know, what I took from him into martial arts that I, that I teach my daughter today is besides always be prepared, you know, be prepared for what you want. Yes. That's it. You know what I mean? Because most people are like, oh, I'm ready. But they're not really ready and they're not really ready for what they want. Yeah. Um, and so those are some big things that Bob taught me. And I just, you know, as a, as a 12-year-old boy, you know, growing up on the streets, I literally I was listening to homeless people. They were the ones giving me advice. You know, people, drug dealers are the ones like, hey, do this. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. Um, but then have a man of, of God to have a, a, you know, Bob never cursed. He never drank. You know, everything he said was uh-huh. truth. And then he backed him up with his actions. And to see that in a man yeah. after, my, after my mentors and after the stuff I had, that just, you know, laid awesome. this fabric down. Yeah. That that's what I build on today. So tell us about the podcast. Then I know that Eric will have his legacy question, but we'll hit a couple questions really quickly on the podcast. Tell us about the podcast. Sure. Well, I, you know, people have been asking me probably since podcasts were – And, you know, I like, to, I like to share a message, I like to talk, but it's, it's, I just couldn't commit to it. You know, my life, I didn't want to spend that time. And, um, but I got a text from my pastor the other day, Bill Purvis. He said, <laughs> Frank, I think you should do a podcast. Bill, why would I do a podcast? And he's like, people need to hear your message. Yeah. And that was it. And that, that's what changed the, the dynamic for me. So I, you know, I've been teaching this Warriors Code method to corporate executives and, you know, through mentorship and leadership, and I've been using it in my family, but I've never really talked about it and what it is and how it, it patterns my life and the things that I do. And so this podcast will be interviewing people that have achieved their dreams, people that, you know, have accomplished their own personal greatness mm-hmm. and finding out what their formulas are and how they did it. And then sharing my own formulas alongside of that and, and what what the warrior's code entails. Will you talk sports at all? Will you talk, will you interview a lot of MMA and add sports to the part of it? Your, your yeah. podcast? It, yeah. it, in, it, anybody who's become that plus to, you know, a, a valued group of people are people I'm going to pursue celebrities, entrepreneurs, sports guys, champions to me, it's mind, body, and spirit. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm filling that category every, <laughs> every week. Um, and for some people, it's their mind, you know, that made them, you know, able to achieve something. For some people, it's their body or their body of work or how they use their body in art or sports. Um, and for some people, it's their spirit, you know, the ability to just never give up. Like, you know, 50 failures, but one is a monster. And, you know, there's something really amazing about that, you know, that really speaks to the human spirit, that somebody could 
wake up every day, all right, we're going to fail again today, but tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow is going to be the day. Um, you know, that undying spirit is, is, you know, that's something that should be shared with everybody. Wow. Absolutely. So when it's all said and done and, and, you know, looking back on life and, and what you've done, you know, as a mixed martial arts, you know, fighter, as, as a, you know, someone asset management, a business owner, as a, as a father, as a son, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, you know, for me, um, I, I got this nickname, The Legend, because I was producing the fighting show when I was making a comeback on pay-per-view. Right. And so we all sit down and they're like, we got to come up with a cool name for this DVD. And we're all sitting around and everyone's like, what about this? And what about this? And, and one of the interns goes, hey, Mr. Shamrock, you're like a legend. <laughs> and then we were all like, huh. And so the show became Return of a Legend. Everyone started calling me legend from that day forward. Um, but it was really the work that I did. It, was, mm -hmm. it wasn't that moment. It was that because previous to that, I set all these records and, you know, I believed so much in martial arts and mixed martial arts and what that would do for people through training and connection and communication. And, and, and so for me, you know, it's building that, you know, building that legend, like building that message. I know I trained, you know, 50,000 people in martial arts. Each one of their lives was changed because of it. You know, they got a job, they got a girlfriend, they got healthier, you know, they felt more confident. Um, right. So I really think that's what God wants me to do is continue to share this, you know, knowledge that I've gathered. I'm like a super nerd, but I love to learn. Yeah. You know, I love to learn it and then digest it, you know, figure out what I can and then pass that along. Mm -hmm. And so I really think what my legacy will be is, and what I want it to be is, you know, what I can teach people both about their spirit, you know, what they can achieve. And then from a technical standpoint, what they can do with their body. That's you know, because nobody should walk around afraid. Nobody should walk around intimidated. Nobody should not have a voice. Everybody should be like, what? No, here's what I believe. And here's the line, or here's what I'm willing to do about it. Or, hey, we're good. Um, but a lot of people don't have a voice or they don't have that confidence. So they just, they pull it back. You know, yeah. and then they, their spirit slowly, you know, gets smaller and smaller instead of growing each and every day. Yeah. You know, Les, Les Brown, uh, who we got to interview a couple of weeks ago, he says, you know, a lot of men die at 25. They're just not buried until they're 65. Yeah. And it's, it's that confidence. It's, it's, what, it's what Bob did for you, and it's what you did for the boy by giving him a bed. You know, and you don't necessarily know what that, what that trigger is going to be that changes a person's life, you know, but as you're doing every day, as you're, as you're building homes, as you're, as you're helping with, with, you know, a, a battered women and, and self-defense and, and programs and, and all the other things, it's investing in people and giving them that confidence. Um, and, you know, we can achieve anything uh, when we've got that, but it, it's, it's us that's, helping revive the dead who've given up on their dreams or they've given up on their worth and or they've just never really got it. And, and that's what you're doing is, is you're in, you're, you're reviving people, right? When you build their confidence, 
uh, and allow them to believe in themselves or be a part of a bigger project like building a home, you know, you give people new meaning. So, man, I love what you're doing. Love what you're doing. <laughs> now, now, Frank, where can we listen to the podcast? Where's the best place? Uh, you can stop by frankshamrock.com or follow me on social media. Uh, it's going to be everywhere. And I've got already four amazing guests that we have uh, done. And so we're going to get a bunch in the can and release them all so people can start uh, enjoying them. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the unique um, group of people that we've assembled. Awesome. Thanks, Frank. Okay, final question for you. Uh, when's, when's the last time you uh, wrestled with your brother? Oh, man. Um, been a long time. I mean, I haven't... I haven't wrestled competitively. Oh, I've been retired for 11 yeah, years. Yeah. But, um, wow, I would say maybe around 1998 was probably the last time that I yeah. wrestled. But, but I can so tell you how it goes every time. I, I'm like, aha! And then he's like, <laughs> he just crushes me and then he just squishes me. And I'm like, this is terrible. What am I doing? This isn't uh, fun. I thought it was yeah. going to be different this time. Yeah, I, I, but he's just, you know, he was such a skilled athlete. And, and you know, the difference between him and I is he, he was a real fighter. Like, you know, when something went down, he's like, oh, I got it. And he would step forward. And I was always the guy who was like, hold on, let me take a half step back and think about this. Let's, let's, let's weigh the risk. Let's see what's going on here. And he would just instantly step forward. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's the sign of a real warrior. You know, the, the firemen, policemen, you know, they step forward. They move into the danger instead of, you know, taking a step back. And, and you know, just in the way he was raised and how, what he had to do to survive, yeah. you know, he became that warrior. But, you know, it's turned him into the man he is today. And I have so much respect for him because even though I think he was trying to beat me enough to quit, yeah. um, I took that as he loves me. And yeah. <laughs> He wants me to be the best. <laughs> so he's beating me extra. So yeah. it, it really is how you choose to receive the message. It is. And being ready, being prepared to receive it. So and you both became amazing men who are investing in others and building the world around them. Um, yeah. Even though and he, he does it differently. Yeah. He gives an amazing uh, testimony. Like he is fantastic. If you haven't had him on the show, I recommend it. He's oh, I'd love a that. very powerful speaker. Yeah. I'll reach yeah. back out to your, your, your team and see if I can get Ken on. That'd be awesome. I yeah, I'm happy to connect you because he, I mean, just he has such powerful storytelling and it's real. I mean, he just speaks from the heart. It's, it's real truth from a, a very powerful warrior and it, it definitely moves minds. Well, thanks, Frank, for stopping by. And it was great to catch up with you and uh, best of luck. And we'll see when we see each other in person again, Frank. All right. All right. And if I say, dang, you're tall, how tall are you? And then you repeat the same line. And I look like I'm going to jump on your back. Just go, Frank, we've already done this. Yeah, for yeah. some reason, I, the giant people really find <laughs> mechanics intriguing. I find the whole thing just intriguing. Um, so, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Okay, Thanks, guys. That, Thanks, guys. All right. That was the ProVision Brokerage Celebrity segment. Take care, everyone.